I see you. I see you scrolling through, refreshing your podcast feed to see when the next Articu Film podcast is coming out. Ben is looking at me like, oh my gosh, that was incredibly cringe. Welcome to the 10th Articu Film podcast. I'm Jacob, he's Ben. Ben, I'm so sorry for starting it like that. I just had to. I don't want to say the same thing every week. It's our 10-week anniversary. It is our 10-week anniversary. Well, the podcast has been out for 11 weeks, but this is the 10th one. (laughs) Because we did miss a week, didn't we? Yeah, I, we recorded it, uh, but the file something or other happened. Anyway, we're back. Yeah, it wasn't a good podcast, and luckily it did actually, like, we had a technical error, which was <laughs> not the end of the world. Should we talk about what happened last week, Ben? What did happen last week? Well, you uploaded the week before. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so I did. the same podcast was on there twice. What happened to mistake? Yeah, no, so I was leaving home at... Uh, and I left. Were you a bit like rushing a bit? I was rushing. I was rushing as I was getting out the door. I left my laptop at home, so I couldn't. So as soon as Jacob alerted me, I complete. I had to wait a few days till I got back. But uh, you managed to delete it from your phone. Am I right? Yeah, but I didn't have the audio file of this week's on my phone. And then you did you call your like twin brother and was like, help me, help me, but he he's even worse than you at technology. Yeah, no, I did genuinely call my family who were still at home and ask them to try and do it, but they couldn't get logged in, even with <laughs> me telling them the password. Well, that, that that's great. Um, and then obviously it meant it came out on like a Thursday or something. And then as for the delay with this week's podcast... The reason is we're both very busy people, uh, surprisingly. So um, we've had our, our busy schedules, but um, I mean, we found time to record. We're recording this at nine o'clock on a Thursday night, which shows just how busy we are. Yeah, but I kind of <laughs> like this vibe. It just it feels a bit different, which I... uh, I'm liking. So as Ben and I have both been extremely busy this week, there will only be one review on this week's podcast, which I'm doing. For I've the first watched time as ever. well. Have you watched it? Yeah. Oh, watched you didn't it. tell me that. Yeah, so uh, we, we've both got thoughts on The Kissing Booth too. So that is going to be the film we are going to be reviewing. But we have got loads and loads of news for you this week. But it's going to be interesting because obviously the Emmys happen. So we've got an Emmy roundup with the biggest snubs yeah. and surprises. I mean, Comic-Con also happened virtually for the first time. Oh, how was that? Did you watch it? Which Comic-Con was it meant to be? Was it uh, the Los Angeles one? I think it was the San Diego one, which is the big one. Uh, I saw a few of the virtual ones. I saw the one that Charlize Theron did, because I'm obsessed with her. Uh, that was great. She talked about sexism, which was really interesting, and how she was always made to train longer for her action films than her male co-stars, which is something that is shocking. But I'm really glad she lightened it. There's some good trailers came out of it. So exactly what you expect. Was it free to watch? Because obviously you have yeah, to Yeah, they're all up on YouTube. Oh, brilliant. Might, uh, might give them a watch. Is there any Arrowverse in it? I'm sure there is. I don't know if there was an Arrowverse one this year. I know there was oh. The Walking Dead and there were a few of the smaller Marvel shows had stuff. And Speaking but... of The Walking Dead, there is uh, quite a bit on The Walking Dead newswise this week, isn't there? What's been going on? Yep, so do you watch the show? I don't know. Good, because I don't either, so this could be a bit of a hobble to get through these news head bulletins. <laughs> why, put the, why put it right at the start if it's a hobble to get through? It's going to be a hobble to listen to as well, but Ben's going to try, not me. Um, so basically, the finale of season 10 hadn't been filmed, 
due to COVID right. and production shut down. That happened but, with a lot of our reverse shows. Yeah, well. that happened with our reverse shows. It's because these shows have really quick turnarounds through editing yeah. periods. But um, what's happened was they've now filmed the finale and it's going to be aired on October the 4th. But there was also the other announcement that there's going to be six other season 10 episodes afterwards. Ooh. Which will air in 2021. I mean, The Walking Dead is having some huge revamps here. There's, oh, you sorry, just got a text. That's my phone. I'll turn that off. You know, I've messaged, because we're doing this at, like, later at night, this recording, I've messaged people being like, do not call me. <laughs> because normally I won't call with people. Oh, uh, that would be great if someone calls you. Just pick up. Mate, I was doing my radio show once and it happened, mid-song. Did you pick up? I would pick up. No, if... I didn't. It was mid-song. I was a bit stressed and I didn't know how, like, I didn't want to take myself off the air, so I just declined mm. it. But I actually did do a warning at the start of the show, like, sorry if um, someone calls me, and it happened. I Some people would have said I jinxed myself. I oh, think you jinxed me. yourself, and I think <laughs> you've jinxed yourself again for this recording. I mean, also, to get back onto The Walking Dead, there's, oh, yeah. m- there's more exciting news because I'm genuinely scared someone's going to call us now. So uh, <laughs> the more exciting news I found with The Walking Dead, but they showed the first trailer for um, The Walking Dead World Beyond, which focuses on teenagers who grew up like the first generation of the apocalypse. And did oh, you right. see the trailer? I saw it on IMDb. It looked good. And it'll be on Amazon. It's debuting on Amazon October. And I'm thinking, I might give that a few episodes. What does seem interesting to me is that the season finale is airing this year mm. and then they're doing, was it four or six? Six uh, episodes episode, in 2021. Six episodes on top of that in 2021. Why not do it all together? Why not just drop them all in 2021? I'm not sure if they've got the other six episodes. I think what they want to do is because they've put... Are the, the other six episodes the same as this finale, the same season? So yeah, what would have been the finale is actually con- not the finale. Yeah, so I'm sure the other six episodes are probably what they were going to do in season 11. And right, all- but it just seems weird to yeah. put them in season the 10. Reason, the reason... They wanted headlines, firstly, because The Walking Dead's quite irrelevant at this point. But the reason... They've got it, congratulations. Yeah, they've got us talking about it. But the reason they put the finale on October the 4th is a week later on the 11th, They've got the premiere of season six of Fear of the Walking Dead and the premiere of Walking Dead World Beyond. So they've put the finale almost to try and help build the hype for those two spin-offs. I'm not sure if it will uh, work. Right, I'm right, sure right. right. That makes sense. That does make sense. And there's also those two Walking Dead films, which we've heard nothing about. But those are happening. I didn't even, I didn't even know they were doing Walking Dead films, to be honest with you. Yeah, so those are coming over the next few years, so... That is a franchise that's only growing, and it's why it was the biggest thing at Comic-Con this year. And we will keep you updated with that here on the Arctic Film Podcast. Uh, in other news then, Ben, what else has been going on? It's been quite a busy week. Uh, yeah, so other Comic-Con news. Um, Hulu has released, which is an American streaming service. We obviously don't get it over here because we're Brits. Um, but they have, they're adapting the Marvel comic Hellstrom. Um, which is a darker thing, and that's been a trailer's dropped for it, and it's coming on October the 16th. Now, I'm not a comic book reader, but I've heard that it's about the offspring of Satan, and it's one of the darker Marvel comics. And I think with this, it's Disney, because Disney own Hulu, and it's them going, we want to adapt. So, why is there, there Hulu, did you say? Hulu. Why is there that and Disney Plus? What is the need for two? Hulu was older than Disney Plus. So why not just merge them? 
uh, because Hulu hits the more adult audience. So Hulu's where Disney puts some of them. But I think that's why Netflix is so successful because it's got yeah, things I think, on Yeah, I think that's why um, Disney Plus hasn't launched as well uh, because lots of the big hitters are on Hulu. Um, stuff like Hellstrom, I'm sure, will get lots of views. Um, but there's stuff like The Handmaid's Tale, which debuted over there, and Rami and The Great, which we talked about a few weeks ago, which are all much more adult shows that can have a conversation and you wonder, Disney Plus don't release that much as it is. We're talking yeah. about a lot about Disney in the back half of this podcast as it is. And you think maybe a few of those shows would be best served on Disney Plus. I mean, we have... Or just merge them together. The interesting one, which I'm excited to see, is you can bundle in America Hulu and Disney Plus. But the interesting one I'm looking forward to seeing is when Love, Victor gets picked up for a UK network because um that was wrote for disney plus and then they right. and then they uh got a bit scared because of what it's about and uh <laughs> moved it to hulu and then i read a couple of reviews and all of the reviews went no that should have been on disney plus and because it was i think the controversy i'm not highly up on it i've not seen the show it's out in the states i'm actually looking forward to it coming out over here spin off love and will it be coming out on disney plus here no no, what's it going to be coming out on? I'm not sure. I reckon Hulu has a deal with BBC. So I reckon right. it'll come out on BBC too. And this is all speculation. This is all speculation, but it's speculation. Ben's theory. No, it's speculation grounded in the fact Is it an educated guess? Is it an estimate? It's an educated guess considering all Hulu shows end up on BBC too. Apart there from like, The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> so I think BBC has first dibs on a Hulu show. Right. Um, and the final bit of news coming out from Comic-Con is Vikings, which is a show that's on Amazon and airing. It's having its final second half of the season later this year. And Michael Hurst has promised it will be a proper Viking funeral. I mean, I feel like Vikings is the type of show you watch, Jacob. No, I was going to say I don't like the idea of Vikings. I like sci-fi, but I don't really like prehistoric stuff. Oh, it's yeah. I got I'm not a fan it. of that. Um, I kind of fell I off. I like the futuristic things or like realistic things, like Prison Break. I don't mm. like old things, really. I just think with this and with although this... Star Wars a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, it's like modern but <laughs> set a long time ago. And Star Wars is your favourite thing of all time. Um, of course. <laughs> the thing I'm getting worried about with when he's called the creator saying it's going to be a proper Viking funeral. Anyone else getting season eight Game of Thrones vibes off this? Ugh, I feel I mean, like I mean, having not watched Game of Thrones, I'm just getting the vibe of Game of Thrones was incredibly successful. Let's try and incorporate as much of that into our show as possible. Now it's that ended. Is every single show, The Witcher, Cursed, <laughs> anything that's coming out on Netflix at this point is Game of Thrones knockoffs. Vikings tr- tries to be a Game of Thrones knockoff. And I'm going. And are cool. any of them as good? Are any of them as good as Game of Thrones? Well, I don't know because I've only ever watched the first and the last season of Thrones. I mean, I've never watched. Thrones. I completely chucked out the middle, and it still apparently worked. does go a bit naff in the middle. Yeah, it still worked for me. I liked the ending. Having Ed Sheeran was in it, wasn't he? I don't know. I didn't watch that bit. <laughs> I feel like I read that he had a cameo in it. Uh, yeah, somewhere. I feel like I read that as well. In the. 
before we get on to the only review, while we're on Comic-Con, Ben, was there any Star Wars Bad Batch, their new TV series? There was, was nothing on Star mentioned? Wars. There was nothing on Marvel. Disney boycotted the virtual Comic-Con this year because I don't think there was much for them to say. But Disney also managed to steal the headlines with what we're talking about in the back end with how they've completely shuffled their theatrical schedules. So there's not been... They didn't announce anything at Comic-Con, but a lot they announced this, this week. week. And when So, yeah, make sure you keep listening to the podcast for more on that. On now to the review, review like we said, we are going to be reviewing Kissing Booth 2. Now, I only watched K- Kissing Booth, uh, the first one, like a day before I watched the second one. I didn't even uh, so watch I watched the them first both one. this week. Pardon? I didn't even watch the first one. Oh, mate, I'm more, I'm more jumped... up, first than you, up for this than you are. I, no, I jumped straight in for the Kissing Booth 2 when it came out. I was watching... Oh, it's not hard to follow, is it? Let's it's be fair. not. No, uh, the one thing I didn't realise was her best friend and boyfriend are brothers. And that, that's never mentioned <laughs> so in the She's dating second... her best friend's brother. Older brother, yeah. That's, I feel like that's something that's mentioned in the first film. But it's oh, a yeah, detail that's that, literally it's, the plot of the yeah, first film. Spoilers de- alert. It's a detail that they completely forget to mention in the second film, which is... Yeah, but they are assuming most people are going to have watched the first film as it's a Netflix original. And we're, I'm being honest here, it did not make a difference. I, I'm going to be honest, Kissing Booth a... is very cringy. It is one gigantic cringe fest. I preferred the first one to the second one because uh, the second one has got an upcoming actor called uh, Taylor Perez, I believe his name I've is. I've heard a lot about Taylor Perez. Yeah, so have I. Who does he play again? What's the guy's name? Marco. 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 He plays Marco. I don't like his singing. He has got a couple of solos in it and I don't like it. For me, I thought I'm not watching a musical. I don't want to watch High School Musical. I don't want to watch Hannah Montana. If I did, I'd be watching them. Yes, Disney Plus has launched, but keep this a Netflix show. No singing. Thank you. Yeah, like also, to be fair to it, I think The Kissing Booth 2 is probably from what There's I've the heard. There's a third one coming out as well. There did is you a see third. That? Yeah, they kept that quiet. But I think it's slightly less problematic than it should than it could have been. Like, they managed to make Ellie an actual character, not just someone who sleeps around this time, so... Yeah. Um, Can I just say, I love Maisie Richardson. For me, she made the second Kissing Booth. She plays Chloe. Now, I've been a big fan of Maisie Richardson. She's an English actress. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Looking her up. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> looking her up. Yeah, I'm a big fan of her. She's in Legends of Tomorrow, so I've been watching her ever since she was on that. I've been seeing her on my telly on like a weekly basis. She was also in a Star Wars film recently. Um, but no, I, I genuinely think she's a good actor for she me. Was, she for me, she makes that, that film. film. She's the best part of that film. Uh, she is. She makes that film. I think um, I really like... The character... Is designed not to be liked, though. Yeah. Her character is designed not to be liked. But then you do realise she's a pretty sound person. Like, she's Joey fine. King she's actually really also, nice. Joey King is brilliant in the lead role as Ellie. And she's a talented actor. She got her Emmy nomination last year. So I think... I don't like what they've done with her character. I don't like what I they think... did with the character. I feel like it was one of those things. I watched it. And I watched it before the third one had been announced. But... It's so obvious when you get to the end of the second film that it's the second film in a trilogy. Oh, and yeah. I just, I just wish it... Massive, cringy cliffhanger. This film is already too long. Like, the, my main yeah. problem with the film, The Kissing Booth 2 could have been The Kissing Booth 2 and 3. 
It should have been 90 minutes, and it's 2 hours and 15. Oh, mate. It, it was, was 45 I was, I was less than halfway through. I was after halfway through. I moved my cursor thinking, oh, there'd be like 20 minutes left. There was like an hour and a half left. I and like, they, they juggled me. so many plates. They did none of them very well, or they didn't do as much of them as mate, well as they could have. watch the first one. I, honestly, watch the first one. It's better. Uh, what are you going to give Kissing Booth 2, though, on our scale of must-watch, watch if you can, or run away? Well, as a non-teenage girl, I'm going to say it's a can-watch. I reckon teenage girls have a completely different opinion on me. Ironically, this. I watched it with teenage girls. I watched the first one with them, and I thought, oh, this is cringy. But it's kind of a good cringy. I'd give it a watch It's, it's, it's can, watchable. It's, it's not horrible. It's, it's watchable. <laughs> it's cringy. Um, I was not... But it's not awful. I mean, it's, it's just a bit weird, a bit like funny to laugh at from a guy's perspective. And it's not yeah. as good as it's not as good as Netflix's other rom-com trilogy in the two or the boys one, which I actually or sex education. Yeah, I think ev- I think this of all of Netflix's rom-coms is probably one of their weaker ones. So, but what, I still think it is um is quite good and still fair play to fair play to Netflix. Not to mention they would have made a lot of money out of that. So, Ben, I know you are dying to get to this part of the podcast. I can see you. You're getting really excited. Let's get your teeth stuck into the Emmy Roundup. Oh, yeah. So, Emmys, for those of you who don't know, they are like the Oscars of TV. And even though there's the BAFTA TV Awards tomorrow night... which And the NTAs, if you're in the UK, which yeah, mean which... absolutely nothing. Well done, ITV. Well done, ITV. Well done, ITV. The NTAs are the most corrupt awards I have ever seen and the problem with them like this is why i quite like for the british tv awards i do like the baftas because it's not always the same ones that you expect they do genuinely go with the quality outliers but the ntas you can sit here we could probably write next year's nta awards now oh yeah and get love island i'm a celebrity Uh, (laughs) that yeah we'll we could genuinely write what's happened we love ITV because yeah. they advertise themselves, but the Emmys genuinely are like big, and it's all of the big shows get do really well. And I love following them and seeing who surprised me, who shocked me. And on the whole, this year with the nominations, I was really happy. Few big wins. Every acting nomination category had a person of color in it. Sorry, it was done virtually, yeah. Uh, the nominations announcement was done virtually. Yeah, and um, you you watching it live? I was in the car watching it, yeah. It was the nomination announcement was a car crash. It was tragic. They had Leslie Jones, who's the comedian from uh, Ghostbusters, Female One, and Saturday Night Live. And bless her, she was just trying too hard. She yeah. went really shouty, which she can do, and it just didn't land properly. But the nom- like us with this podcast. It is a bit like us with this podcast. Um, Actually, going back a bit, because I want to see if you like the line in The Kissing Booth 2, where she's like, I started a podcast with my mate, it's got 27. Yes, and then 27,000. No, no, just 27. I think we'd be like, for us, it would be like, we've got three listeners. What, 300? No, no just three. three. I think that's more our kind of and, thing. And two of them are us. Yeah, so shout out to our one listener. Uh, ben, get back to the Emmys. Let's not shame ourselves anymore. Uh, yeah, um, so the big winners or the big nominations were Watchmen, Succession, Ozark, The Marvelous Maisel and Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek, which is the greatest name on TV. Um, they all led their respective nominations and they will be the ones fighting out to win in September. 
However, we again probably talk about who will win at some point later down the line. So let's talk about who barely got in because that's always way funner. <laughs> Who's like the which people should Sorry, be were happy? People to... that got, were there people that um, you thought should have been nominated? Yeah, we've got a few of those in there. We've got our snubs and surprises. Uh, <laughs> but there should was you our first surprise. Our first surprise, and this one I yelped with excitement. Is so this what... is best comedy series, and the nominee is what we do in the shadows. Obviously, we knew like Maisel and Shit Creek were getting nominated for comedy series. What we do in the shadows, which is possibly the funniest show on TV, if you're in Britain, it's on BBC iPlayer. Every it's laugh a minute jokes. It nearly featured as my binge of the week once. It's brilliant. I was so ecstatic it got nominated. And just for Matt Barry's monotone English accent. I just love English comedies getting the recognition they deserve. It's not, like, it's weird because with what we do in the shadows... It ain't better than the Inbetweeners, is it? It ain't better than the Inbetweeners. But the cast are all English, but the crew are all American. So all three of the... Is that a bit like Sex Education? Yeah, but all three of the lead what we do in the shadows vampires have had Channel 4 sitcoms with them being the star. So, um, and they're all really good in the show. So it's well worth it. And it's a great surprise. Shall I move on to the uh, next one? Yeah, we've got another surprise. Best comedy actress. Mm. Yes. So, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. Now, a lot of people will say, her and Anthony Anderson, who also got in Best Comedy Actor, only got in because of the Black Lives Matter movement. No, it's because they both give brilliant performances in Blackish. They're two of the best comedy performances on TV and are highly underrated. And I was so upset when she missed last year, but she's back. Go, Tracy. Ben, you seem like a, like a huge fan. Oh, I'm a huge fan. And she's been campaigning and she is genuinely. It's really good because often the um, recognition when it goes to people of colour, they spray younger. But she's like middle-aged woman. She's got her first film lead role came out earlier this year. Ellis Ross's career is going places, which I'm really excited about because she's brilliant and looks like one of the nicest people. She's my dream interview to get her on the pod. I love how someone can just look like one of the nicest people. Mm. I love that that's a thing. On now to a snub. And the a surprise. Comedies... Oh, go on. This category had a huge snub, and who surprised that person? So, comedy supporting actress. The snub is... Jane Lynch for The Marvelous Miss Maisel. And the surprise, who replaced her, was Cecily Strong for Saturday Night Live. I love Saturday Night Live. I love Saturday Night Live. And Cecily Strong is the only good thing about it anymore. So, you know which one that is, right? She's the um, dark-haired, young... Yeah, 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 yeah. Kate McKinnon, the blonde-haired woman, also got nominated. The main host has had his day a bit, hasn't he? Who? Which one? Keenan Thompson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he got nominated. I think he's not great in the show. Cecily Strong is definitely the best part of it. And she's so good. And Saturday Night Live actually did really well this year, which kind of surprised <laughs> me. But, um... Jane Lynch, amazing in The Marvelous Maisel. Another one of my favourite shows, even though I feel like I've said that about 
all the shows we've had so far. She's ste- yeah, every she's, week, every week. She's scene stealing in the marvelous Maisel. Her character of Sophie Lennon is standout over the series, which is why I was surprised she got snubbed. Also because she won, she's won an Emmy for that role before. Wow! And she got in last year. She won for this role. She missed it this year. She was nominated for season one, missed again, missed this year. I could not believe she missed. But she is Jane Lynch and she's won multiple Emmys. She won a lot for Glee. She's won a lot for Maisel. She gets all her recognition and praise, so it's fine. Yeah. Okay. On now to Best Drama Series. Uh, You haven't written whether this is a surprise. This is a surprise. Big, big surprise. Big, big surprise. Uh, Ben, I will let you do the honours. Okay, I if you've read what got nominated for the Emmys, you know what we're gonna say here. It's the Mandalorian. Yes, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's a cracking TV show. No, it's it's really good. It got a lot of technical below the line nominations, which is probably how it ended up getting this nomination. But I never in a million years thought it would happen. I mean, it's all thanks to Dave Filoni, who was, people think he's literally George Lucas's Padawan. He worked with George Lucas on the Clone Wars series, the Rebel series, and basically led the Mandalorian as well. Now, isn't it John Favreau who does the Mandalorian? Yeah, but with Dave Filoni. Yeah, but Favreau's a genius in himself. No, Dave Filoni made it, I Mm. believe. And then there were guest directors like Taika Waititi involved. Who... (laughs) Like, the amount of quality, if you He's just down. got a cool name. Who? Taika Waititi. Yeah. Who got nominated for Best Voiceover as well um, this year. But um, I wasn't... Why like... are you surprised? Why are you surprised The Mandalorian got nominated for Best Voiceover? So, um, it... I wouldn't put it in drama. I No, it's... Well, there's only comedy or drama, so... Uh, and I wouldn't oh, put oh, it right. in... I wouldn't put it in comedy. I, I would have put it in, um, in drama then, yeah. <laughs> um, I was... Surprised because, firstly, they don't normally go for genre shows. Yeah. Secondly, although it got a lot of, like, cinematography nods and visual effects nods and all of those type of things... It Have you watched it? I've watched a few episodes. It it's visually great, it isn't is, it? It is visually superb, but so is everything. It, got a, it didn't get any acting, writing or directing nominations. No, Which, that's because the main character is in a metal suit for the entire thing and barely speaks. I know, I know. I'm not saying it should have. But it didn't <laughs> and even the other have... one is a baby Yoda, which again doesn't really speak and is completely animated. No, but um, it didn't get any writing or directing nominations. And it's in comparison to The Morning Show, which is probably the show it took its place of, which got something like every single actor in that show got nominated. It got a directing nomination. It got loads down the line. And I was just surprised that the man Lauren got in over the top of it. But fair play. Probably it's not even last in that category. It's easily ahead of Stranger Things and Killing Eve, so No, Killing Eve, I've not watched it, but I've seen like it on Gogglebox before. That looks like a cracking show. Yeah, but what you watch on Gogglebox is the highlights. I know, I I, I know. But it do, it it does look good. Is... Uh, we've got another now in Best Drama Actress. I've just seen uh, whose name this is. I think she's a great actress purely because my sister used to watch Disney show Shake It Up, which again is loads of people now talking about because it's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, best Drama Actress is... Zendaya for Euphoria. And she was in 
The Spider-Man um, films? Yes, and The Greatest Showman. Yeah, it's it. only a Zendaya, brilliant actress, and she is great in Euphoria. And she's hot. And she is hot. But it's only a surprise because I did not expect it to happen. In the fact that there are other people... You, with these things, you look at the people who didn't get in. So you have Elizabeth Moss, who's won before for The Handmaid's Tale, which got a Best Drama Series nod. You've got uh, Nicole Kidman, who's won before for her role in Big Little Lies. And you've got Viola Davis, who's run before for her role in How to Get Away with Murder. And even though all of their shows weren't as acclaimed as Euphoria, it just didn't seem to have the hype or the buzz that it needed to get her in. But she got in, and she's brilliant. So always a big surprise. On now to Best Drama Actor. Now, this and is a big snub, snub, Ben. This was a snub. Um, Bob Odenkirk, who is incredible in Better Call Saul, missed for the first time in that show's history. And Better Call Saul had a really odd Emmys this year because it gets Best Series, Best Drama Series, which everyone expected because it's got it a few times already and it's on its most popular series as it is. Um, also... But then it misses the lead, it misses the supporting act who everyone thinks, but instead Ginsalo Espinito gets in. So it was just a really weird way the places the Bear Call Saul came up. And I'm surprised with Bob. Um, anyway, let's move on to the Disney release dates. Yes, highly anticipated. Because mm, of Covid, Disney did the rather naughty thing, I'm going to say, because if cinemas are open... Disney probably should have put something out to get people back in. Yeah, and rather than cinemas just replaying Star Wars. And also, here's my here's the thing: what pe- what Disney forgot is that if they were to put Mulan out in cinemas right now, okay, it would it would only get one tenth half of what it would have got if it came out pre-COVID. But if they don't allow cinemas to start showing films again or the big films, then it will never get what it would have got pre-COVID because the cinemas won't be open. So if they don't... If one major studio needs to release a major film and have it bomb... They just just need to pluck up their balls, get some courage and just do it. I don't know if that makes any sense. They just need to get the balls and do it. Yeah, and otherwise the cinemas will completely fail. So the first... Particularly independent cinemas. Yeah, particularly independent cinemas, like the Plaza in Dorchester, which is near to us. Shout out to the Plaza in Dorchester. Yeah, it's a great cinema. I worry for it. But, um, okay, let's talk about what they postponed and what's changed. So Mulan, which was going to come out in April or late March, has been delayed indefinitely. It already premiered. The people who've watched it have said it was quite good. The problem is, it needs to recoup its $200 million budget, which means it would need to get $800 million in cinemas worldwide. Or, so that's why they're probably not going to release it straight onto Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And it needs to do well in China. But yeah. I have a theory. I, I think Mulan's going to bomb in China. Because... The studio execs at Disney think, oh, it will be successful in China because it's about Chinese characters and heroes. And and whereas that's unique in countries like the UK and America and the US, that's not unique in China. They have plenty (laughs) of blockbusters led by Chinese action stars. So Mulan... So essentially, 
do well over here. Yeah, it's going to be better which over Which it probably won't. Which it won't because of COVID. So Mulan's a little bit scarpered, which is a shame because I think it's going to be really good. Uh, we still don't have a release date on the new Little Mermaid film either. Has that been pushed back mm. as well, I'm assuming, because of corona? Well, there never was a release date on it, really, but we're still waiting on any news. Is the film still happening? or has it It's been still happening. It's got... I think it's getting... Yeah, I'd assume it's not top of their priorities. I think it is quite high on their priorities, actually. Because, really? Well, if you look at the, their animated films that they have adapted... Sorry, if you look at that animated film... <laughs> you just froze then! Yeah, if you look at that animated films which they've adapted, The Lion King, Aladdin, um, Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, the one with the two dogs, um, they've adapted all of their big ones, bar The Little Mermaid. So um, they're going to need to get it out because they're running out of they films They could to just do. put that straight onto Disney+. Plus. They could, but then what else I would they release would in cinemas? But but they need stuff on Disney Plus as well. But cinemas, the box office industry for them probably has more money at the moment than Disney Plus does, particularly with That's their huge true. blockbusters. And they rely on their huge blockbusters after they've had the cinema push. Anyway, on to Star Wars news. Yes, um, I'm so excited. So the untitled Star Wars film has been pushed back until December 2023. Uh, but the... The witch, the white man, what? Um, what it, I made a sly comment, which was, Star Wars, which white dude is helming it? Because they seem <laughs> to have absolutely no diversity in that franchise. <laughs> what? It, it... <laughs> well, they've announced Kevin Feige, Taito Waititi and Ryan Johnson have all got trilogies. So I made a sly comment in the fact that they've not... Like, Marvel ha- is working with non-white creators now. Ryan Coogler's yeah. done one. But past- Star Wars does have John Boyega, is that his name? Yeah, but he's not the director. That's true. And he's left the franchise. So it's kind of That's true. which right mate which white male is gonna get the two hundred. Because million- essentially they did John Boyega's character dirty, let's be honest. They did John Boyega's character dirty because Disney doesn't like minorities. And he's an incredible actor. Mm. And he's a great and person. And there's so much they can do with his character going forward. Yeah, Finn and Poe. Those two should have been an item. We all saw that bromance. Uh, the problem was that Finn and Poe were the exact same character pretty much by the end of the film. Yeah, that's why they Two needed... pilots! That's why they needed that love affair between them. Kelly that's, Marie Tran Oh, yeah, that would have ticked a lot of boxes yeah, as well. Yeah, Kelly Marie Tran also was done dirty in the third film. Um, Who's she? She's, um, what's she called? The person who spent all her time with John Boyega in the second film. The one that had a sister that died. I don't remember it very well. Anyway, I out of those three, okay, I don't want to see a Kevin Feige Star Wars film because it will be the exact same thing as the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. But Taika Waititi, who's fresh off Jojo Rabbit in his other Oscar-winning project, he did four Ragnarok. Cool name. He did four Ragnarok, which is, in my opinion, the best Marvel film. He produced what we did in Shadows, which we talked about earlier. He's a very funny dude. He directed a few episodes of The Mandalorian. I want to see his take. And Ryan Johnson, I do want to see him return to Star Wars films because he is a great director. And maybe now, if he was to do something out of the original trilogy and the Star and the Skywalker saga, I think he could do much better. 
not only Star Wars, but the Avatar sequels uh, have also been push, pushed back by another year, meaning Avatar 2 will not be released until 2022, eight years after its original release date. Eight years is a long time. Yeah, it's uh, but does anybody actually care about this franchise? Avatar is not relevant. Yeah, I, I think the fact that they still have four Avatar sequels is um a little bit ambitious. And let's be honest, I don't think this film even exists. I think Avatar 2 is the biggest lie we've all ever been told. And, and I just think keep the first say- one, the first one did well, but they've just left it too long now. Yeah, I know. I think they keep saying that this sequel the exists. The hype's died down. There's, we've moved on from blue people, okay? Don't release Avatar 2. Just don't. Just tan it now. Yeah. Cut your losses. Even release the new Little Mermaid film over Avatar 2. Yes, I said it. I want to watch um, a live-action Smurfs film ahead of Avatar 2. I um, yeah, two two blue things rivaling it out, rivaling it out. Uh, interestingly, Disney's other long delayed film is the how do you say that? The New then? Mutants. The what? The New Mutants. Never heard of it. Yeah, basically, it's come from uh, Fox when they bought Fox, and it was an X Men film. That first trailer came out in twenty seventeen, and went through reshoot after reshoot, and this is its sixth or seventh release date. And basically, Disney have kind of stuck to their guns. The thing is, the film's made. The film is going to be terrible. (laughs) It's an open... No film that goes through that many reshoots turns out to be any good in the end. And um, I think Disney are just planning on cutting their losses because they have a contract where it has to be released theatrically. So that's why I think... Gone. That's why I think they're cutting their losses. I do not think this will be very good. But sadly, it will probably be my first theatre trip post-lockdown, so... (laughs) On now to the MCU release dates, which have all been moved around a bit. So here is the current order. Black Widow is being released November the 6th, 2020. Yep. If it's days. Do the next one. I just pointed at you to the next one. The Eternals is being released on February 12th, 2021. Uh, Shag Chai and the Legend of the Four Rings is being released May the seventh, May the seventh, twenty twenty one. Spider Man Far From Home is being released on December the seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Thor: Love and Thunder is being released February the eleventh, twenty twenty two. Doctor Strange: Madness in the Multiverse, March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. The highly anticipated Black Panther two on the second of. Uh, on the May, on May the sixth, twenty twenty two, and rounding out four Marvel films in four, five months, Captain Marvel two is being released on July the eighth, twenty twenty two. So big things for the MCU universe coming up. Yeah, but uh, obviously well, all of ben, them. I'm I'm really scared we're gonna get kicked off this Zoom meet. We've <laughs> we have got run over a little left. bit. So um... <laughs> yeah, thirty eight minutes long. But honestly. Thank you so much for listening, Ben. Thanks for being a great co-host. Uh, if you want to get involved, the links are all in the description. And we're doing a classic movie watch next week, Ben. Yeah. What is it? I don't remember. Oh, it's Babe Pig in the City. There we go. That is what we're going to be doing next week. Uh, join us next time, and hopefully the release dates of this podcast will be a little bit more consistent, unlike the MCU. Thank you very much for listening, See and you soon. bye. Bye-bye.